I'd like to just pick up uh, uh, some regulation aspects that, that don't concern charges, but that, uh, that, that, are, that are current in the market at the moment, uh, and to kind of draw our regulatory discussion to a close. The, they, they concern some of the potential long-term impacts from the current uh, crisis, but uh, this is particularly the way that the, the very high wholesale costs of, uh, of uh, impacted costs to the consumer and also uh, the failure the cost of failure of suppliers as a, a couple of things there I, I'd like to particularly draw out one of them uh, is the challenges that are now coming forward to the design of our wholesale uh, electricity market uh, it's it's a very marginally focused uh, market as was implied in Laura's remarks about balancing costs uh, and it, it's very, very driven by fossil fuels, even though the proportion of fossil fuels within the power generation mix uh, is reducing. So that there are some questions that are coming forward there about the, the nature of the, of the wholesale market that, that I'd like to touch on, uh, which could be very relevant for the medium to longer term. And then very briefly, uh, to pick up on Ofgem's uh, forward work programme, uh, as you'll see it will be very brief because there's not a lot of, of direct uh, relevance in there for uh, larger business consumers uh, this time round. Um, so if we move on please Ronnie, uh, there's a couple of aspects of the costs of, uh, of supplier failure that, that I wanted to touch on. Um, I think, I think we, uh, we've seen that all with really with the exception of the failure of CNG uh, that the significant uh, energy supplier failures that we've seen this winter have have been domestic, and actually even even in the case of CNG, uh, that business gas supplier was brought down by its domestic gas shipping business. It has, however, prompted a real flurry of activity from the regulator uh, as it attempts to get, or it would see no doubt, as a better grip of what's going on within the. Uh, supply market, particularly relevant to domestic, where the default tariff cap ha is is now, but some way below the cost of supply, and that situation likely to continue. But what I've picked out here is um, some proposals from the regulator on financial resilience, uh, which will drive which will drive the way all suppliers behave, particularly how they operate and hedge and. Uh, go about their business of providing energy uh, to consumers. Uh, one of the reasons that we have seen a more robust uh, B2B market is that there is a, a credible and, and robust hedging that is undertaken by suppliers when they sign up contracts. Uh, you know, they go and back to back them in the market, uh, un unlike uh, in perhaps some of the early exits from the domestic market. And of course, there's no cap in the uh, uh, on prices that go into the business market, as as, um, as I'm sure people have, are getting more and more first-hand experience of, of seeing at the moment. Um, but certainly this general direction of travel from the regulator about uh, you know, in increasing what it would see as the resilience of, of suppliers, what others might describe as barriers to entry and growth, uh, for suppliers uh, is uh, is increasing, and you know we're being made very clear that we're 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 not going to go back to whatever it is was bad about the way that we were doing things before. So that's one thing to flag. The other thing to flag, 
uh, is, is um, the, the proposal from the, the HM Revenue and Customs actually for a public interest business protection tax, which is essentially levying a, a, a windfall tax, a 75% tax uh, on uh, the uh, perceived profits that are made on the uh, if uh, wholesale counterparties pull the plug on suppliers uh, and force them from the market. So, yeah, that's the one on 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 the on the next slide here, and it really follows uh, concerns that uh, you know, people may be tempted to pull the plug on suppliers and let them fail and let the costs be socialised. I think there's actually a slightly bigger picture here that if you uh, if if you uh, discourage people from taking risk uh, on the you know, on the wholesale side for fear that, you know, it, that that they could be caught in this tax even if it's short term as is is proposed you actually seize up the wholesale market even more and you make it more difficult for uh, consumers suppliers. Uh, uh, and, and producers to, to manage their price risks. So uh, that again is one that was put out for short notice uh, consultation by uh, uh, by HMRC in uh, in, in January. Uh, Ryan, if you could move us on one, please. And again. Lovely. Yeah, just just to uh, apologies if it, I think my my screen's moving a bit slower than uh, than than the others. I, I think that might be because we're in North. Um, yeah, I wanted to talk a little bit about prospects for reforming the electricity market. I think this is becoming an issue that's gaining a lot of traction uh, in the wider economy now. There's a lot of media pieces coming forward about people being upset that they've bought renewables tariffs, that they've bought PPAs uh, and deliberately opted out of the fossil fuel market as they would see it. And yet they are still seeing their costs increase uh, because fossil fuel prices are in, are increased, have, have risen so much. And that is because of the nature of our wholesale electricity market design, which is driven very much by the marginal unit needed to keep uh, keep the lights on, to keep the system whole. And that will tend to be a fossil fuel produced unit of electricity. And that will, te and that will tend to be gas. So gas continues to feed through very strongly into our, uh, our into our wholesale uh, electricity prices. There's been a lot of work done um, and a, a lot of arguments put forward for, for potential change uh, to uh, the market design to kind of dampen those the decisions. You know, we're, we're now more than a 50% non-fossil uh, power system when you consider nuclear uh, 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 and renewables. So uh, to what extent should the and we expect that hopefully proportion to to continue to increase as we move towards net zero. So, so to what extent should you know, pricing from the old world continue to drive the market? The National Grid, as uh, electricity system operator ESO, has set up a net zero market design work stream to look at these kind of uh, of, of challenges. That I won't I won't read out the three points on the slide. I think I've, I've probably kind of summarised some of the pressures that it's expressed in terms of those 
three different bullet points. Uh, but that, that's certainly uh, an important work stream that's uh, being uh, being taken forward. Um, I, I think if we go on to to, to the next one, uh, and and this kind of will reprise some of the things that that uh, that Sam will say after we've had our break, is that there's also a growing awareness that your normal as we used to know it before April 2021 uh, may not be coming back. Uh, anytime soon, uh, regardless of what happens um, in, in, in you know, on our continent. Uh, certainly, we in our Cornwall Insight analysis of uh, of longer term wholesale prices see the scope for a, for tighter margins and wholesale price spikes again in the winter of 26 27. Uh, when some of the nuclear stations begin uh, to come offline. So you know, the, the circumstances this winter may be unique, but the outcomes that we are seeing may not be. Um, and and, and uh, you know, I think that uh, third bullet, sub-bullet point there, investment in fossil fuels will still be important, uh, in particularly in balancing uh, um, that last unit of, of generation and supply. So. There's a fundamental challenge. There's a kind of growing realization that, that this is more than than, than just uh, a one-off. But equally, to what extent is there the capability uh, within uh, within industry, within consumers, uh, to to kind of and government to, to kind of consider changes like this? There's an awful lot of reviews going on. Laura's touched on a, a couple of them. Uh, already in terms of where network charges may go, they touch on on, on some of the issues uh, around the balancing of supply and demand that are kind of, I'm kind of drawing out here. So, so some pretty big drivers uh, and, and dynamics that we kind of need to uh, respond to. And if we don't, if we go on to the next one, uh, please, Ronnie. And I think this is the important thing for you know, members and users on, on this call, that this cyclical world of, of boom-bust pricing uh, is, is one that we see, you know, we foresee continuing uh, really out into, into the longer term. As I, as I mentioned, uh, we have our, our, our team, our, our modelling team who, who produce our long-term benchmark power curve which forecasts how the industry will, will look with prices and generation mixes and so forth out to, to 2050. They, they are showing a very volatile view of, of the world. You see those jagged spikes there, shark's teeth spikes that, that you know, seem to rise and rise and rise as we, as, as we get towards the end of the, the decade. And that you're almost getting into a situation where the uncertainty begets more uncertainty, which which constrains the ability to to call forward the the capacity that might make things a little bit more uh, secure. So, in terms of a longer term outlook, for, particularly for consumers on on this call, while prices may be very high at the moment, certainly from a, a Cornwall perspective, the the view that we return to you know that what in hindsight looks a very benign period from you know 2010 to 2020 may, may, may not be quite right um, so uh, this um, 
then just there's one more to conclude. Thanks, Ronnie. Uh, so the, it looks like, uh, you know, in terms of resilience for the power market and for the people that generate and consume from it, uh, you know, resilience is going to be a big uh, uh, challenge for for the future. You know, this 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 ain't this isn't doesn't isn't looking like it's a one-off, even if we could argue that you know the current dreadful circumstances are hopefully just a one-off that's caused the current situation um, so I hopefully that's given a, 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 a bit of uh, thought from how where we see the kind of structural and regulatory challenges uh, for the power market in particular from the current situation when we come back from our break Sam will talk a little bit more about you know the, the live numbers sort of that have got us to this place. I just want to conclude with one one more issue, which is the off-gem forward work program. Um, there, I think the things to to pick up here uh, is the third sub bullet point. We we've spoken about the costs of supplier failure. An important part of that is mutualization of the renewables obligation. So the costs of failed uh, suppliers renewables obligations being borne by all consumers looking very likely that we will come down to you know, some kind of mechanism that will reduce that liability up probably by making it shorter or or, or more credit uh, onerous uh, uh, for suppliers on the uh, renewables uh, obligation one thing that is conspicuous by its absence from the Ofgem forward work program is the uh, is actually is Ofgem's micro business review uh, which got to a point of putting out uh, conclusions a, a year or so ago and you know we were expecting by now uh, for suppliers to have uh, you know codes of conduct for TPIs and, and only to be dealing with TPIs that sign up to said codes of conduct and commission statements and all kinds of other good things uh, that's all gone quite quiet so conspicuous by its absence from the off-chain forward work program I'll just kind of move to a conclusion uh, and 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 hopefully just give it, given a few um, issues to think about there in terms of the longevity of the, the, the volatile markets that we've got now uh, and that while the current situation is unfortunately caused by things that are you know continent-wide global even uh, you know we have an ins inherent instability within our market design that means that you know we could we could see this kind of dynamic continue for quite some time unfortunately <laughs>